okay, we're good, we're recording. Welcome to Flowers After Hours. In the world of floristry, there are so many wholesome, educational, enriching and earnest podcasts. This is absolutely not that podcast. It's not, it's not that podcast. It's, it's not, really not that podcast. It's not, no. you've tuned into the wrong podcast. What have I turned up to then? You've turned up to bloody cocktail hour, love. It is cocktail hour. <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning 10 o'clock in the morning can you hear who that is welcome to the stage amy bone <laughs> thank you guys thank, thank you, you thank so you. much for joining myself and joe we've been wanting to speak to you for so long I must admit, I'm a huge fan of you, Amy. I listened to your episode on uh, the Girl Flower podcast a couple of months ago, and I was like, this, this is camp. Yeah. She's fun. She's funny. She's honest. I was like, I want to be her friend. This, is, we this were- is a woman that still loves me after I called her Kim Woodburn. <laughs> oh. Me. And you know what? I remember saying this and just being like, no, but I mean it with so much love. I was like, I think Kim Woodburn's amazing. And you were like, mm, you were like, what? <laughs> right. Can, Amy, can I, can I tell you the full situation with this? So when Matthew told me a few days later, he did a live with you and he told me about that comment. I was like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, I had to, I'm going to put it down to it being like a transcontinental, international delay in thinking that that is a compliment for anyone. Don't get me wrong. I love Kim Woodburn, but like, she's not, you know, who I would want to be ever compared to. And I was like, Matthew, girl, like, what is going on here? Oh, God. I just, you know, you, I don't know if you're the same, Amy, but I am always that person that just seems to say something. And then, like, as it's just left your mouth, you're like, oh, shit, that might, might be offensive. <laughs> yes. All the time. All the time. But, hey, ho, what makes us special, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually don't know that feeling, Matthew. I don't know what you're talking about. There we are. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us today for Cocktail Hour. Cocktail okay. Hour, you're our first Cocktail Hour guest, yeah. I have to say. Very honoured, boys. Very well. Honored. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning, too, for you guys. That's even more appropriate for Cocktail Hour. I know. When we get sponsored by some huge beverage company, call us up. Um, then we'll be able to actually send out cocktail kits to people. Yeah, but for now, I'll stick here we are. Because I've got lots of work to do this afternoon. <laughs> oh, very professional. She's on record. She wants it to be professional. We all know that. All right. So shall I dive into some yeah. questions? Because me and you have never met Amy. Like, I know that you've spoken to Matthew before, but this is my first time, you know, fangirling in your presence. Well, um, fan back, I can tell you. I definitely oh, behave yourself. Flattery will get you. We'll get you everywhere. Everywhere. Yes, thank you. <laughs> before we start, can I just say how lovely it is that the three of us who are there's no you would you would call us prolific in the floristry industry, right? And the You're three better. of us are all sitting here fangirling over each other. This to me is the exact spirit of what our community is all about. We can love and appreciate each other so genuinely, and we all have a place in this world and this industry. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Definitely, you know, and we all take something different to the table. And I think that's where Instagram and things are concerned. It's quite nice to message each other. And, you know, 
pay comment on the fact that what you've just done is beautiful mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that look at it, screenshot it, and will never ever say that looks nice. But if you can say it looks nice, you're the bigger man, definitely. Yeah, always credit where credit's due, I believe. Unless you're stealing someone else's work, in which case just do what you want, yeah. No, I <laughs> I fully agree with you. I think, like, at the end of the day, the world's big enough. It's full of jobs. It's full of opportunities. Um, or it was pre-COVID. I'm sure it will be afterwards. Will be um, back. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, shall I dive in with a question then? Matthew Landers and Amy Bone, are we ready to go? Yeah. We're ready. Let's do yeah. this. All right. So let's start with some nice easy ones. Amy, how did you get your start in the industry? What was your journey? So my journey was um, many years ago, I met my husband, my now husband, on a market. I was selling potatoes and he was selling plants and flowers. And um, anyway, he asked me to come and help him on his stall after we'd bought a house together and everything else. And Mm. that was where it all started. So we used to just clear out a Dutchman and we'd sell cheap flowers on a market stall in Banbury in Oxfordshire. And then in 2005, uh, we'd done that for a few years. And then in 2005, we were given the opportunity to open a garden centre in Watford. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. We were there for about three months and the council came in and said, you need to pay business rates on this little shed that was there. And we thought, hell, man, you know, there's more money that we need to find every month. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a toss up between selling flowers or selling pet food. <laughs> oh my gosh. What no a way. contrast. What a contrast. So we decided flowers. And we, again, we just sold bunches of flowers. It wasn't bouquets or anything. It was bunches mm-hmm. of croissant, of carnations, of lilies, you know. And we got quite, we got to be quite busy. And then one day this lady came in and she'd been a regular customer of ours um, every week buying flowers. And it turned out it was for her mum. Um, and her mum had just recently passed away um, and she came in and asked whether or not we'd done funerals. And I never say no to nothing. Doesn't matter what it is. I don't, I figure out how the fuck I'm going to do it after. Um, <laughs> Were you not a bit scared? Were you not I, a bit like, oh my gosh, what no, did you do? I just thought of the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, what we like. I, I took her 175 quid for this funeral, for this funeral tribute. And then went in and said to Jason, my husband, oh, I've just booked a funeral. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've got my first funeral. I'm doing my first funeral. And um, that was it. That was the start of it. So I made this thing. That's all I'm going to call it. Um, (laughs) it Better than what had ever been delivered down the funeral directors. Because when I dropped it off to the funeral directors and I took it there myself, the local undertaker, Mr. Jinder, big burly gentleman with a curly moustache um stood there and he was like who are you looked me up and down I'm Amy Bone from Amy Bone Flowers we've recently opened da 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 and um anyway he showed me where I needed to put this tribute and immediately I noticed that my tribute had flowers in it it wasn't just foliage and oasis and the odd carnation here and there it wasn't mm. like that. it was bursting with flowers and that very day, he gave me the contract to do 11 funeral homes that he owned. And oh, my gosh. To this day, 15 years later, I still do his funerals. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I still do his funerals. And Mr. Jindo himself, bless his heart, is no longer with us. But I work very closely with his sons. Um, 
So yeah, that was how it all started. And when I started doing funerals, I thought I could do funerals so I can do weddings. They can't be that different, right? And that was where it all started. Wow. So was there, do you, did you go down the path of doing any formal training or did you kind of just learn on the job? No, I took, uh, I think that's the best way to learn. Um, I mean, I took on, I took on a girl that had just finished college and I learned a lot from her because she was fresh with new ideas and everything else. And Laura and I worked very closely together for a lot of years. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it was just purely learn off of other people that came in. And from the mistakes that we made, you know, w- building the business. And when the mistakes were costing money, that's when you learn hard lessons. So what Amen would be that. what yeah. would then be your your worst business mistake so that we could tell listeners like what was the mistake and what did you learn from it? I've, well, I've looked at that question when when you sent me over the list of some of the questions that you would be asking, and I really I really didn't know what to say to that one because you know as big as the business is now, we still make mistakes every day. You know, there's mm. there's a delivery that goes out late. There's something that that's wrong or, or, you know, but you try as hard as you can to make sure that these, the customer never finds out about these mistakes, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so true. Going back to them days when we first started, I remember that we'd done this wedding and we, I bought these vases and these vases were too small for these arrangements. And by the time we got them to the venue, all the flowers were going on top of these vases you know, hyperventilating. But we then learned from that that we would never, ever transport flowers that way again. And we, you know, we done things differently. We, we sorted it out. Obviously, it was stressful, very, very stressful. Mm. But we learned from it. And to this day, we, we never, ever transport anything like that ever again. You know? Those are the best learning opportunities, though. I know that's such like an American-ish kind of like lifestyle phrase, but it is like you learn from, as you said, from doing things on the job, from like really getting in the trenches and getting down to the nitty gritty of things. And when you're faced with new challenges or when things go wrong, that's when you're like, oh, right i'm not doing that again and then you can kind of go from there and i think that is i think if more people owned up to that that would be better and to be honest like it's one of the reasons why we started this podcast because we we sometimes feel that when we listen to or like read a lot about the floral industry it's seen as like so like almost filtered and glamorous and everything goes right what the biggest (laughs) going you know, well, yeah. I think if anyone says that they're not making mistakes in business, no matter how big or small your business is, you're a liar. Yeah, yeah that's 100%. true. It's true. It's true. So when you started out, Amy, I really admire your kind of like that kind of raw ambition and the confidence to be like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a crack at that and see where it goes. Did you have like a like a business plan as such, or did you have a like yeah, a dream for what the business? No. <laughs> No, I think the woman that wins everything. I think I'm the biggest winger going. Yeah. No, you can ask me what my business plan is now. I still haven't got one. You know, I just, for me, there's no such word as no and there's no such word as can't. You come to me with a beautiful big budget and I will design the most stunning wedding for you and I will have great pleasure in in doing that and people will look at me sometimes and say but how are you going to get that from there to there well that's not my problem I'll give that job to somebody else but I know what I want to see 
that's how I do it. And no one argues with Kim Woodburn. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. Everyone who's seen her in the Big Brother house knows you don't. You don't argue with Kim Woodburn. Jesus. Okay. So, given that I, I have to say, I, I, I think that my kind of journey into like building my business is pretty similar to be fair like i didn't start out with a business plan it was a case of oh we need to make some money let's see what happens and kind of do a little bit of this a little bit of that and piece it all together so how long have you been in business since you kind of started that you know that big decision between pet food and flowers like how many years has that been now so that has been uh 15 years 15 years oh my gosh okay and but yeah, no, years. gosh, you must have been fetal when you started. Yeah, quite, oh quite. <laughs> she was getting pushed around in the stroller making bouquets. She made that funeral casket in the pram. Yeah. Quite. In the pram. Yeah. <laughs> she delivered it in the pram. There we are. Um, so 15 years, that's incredible. What does your business look like now? So, I mean, obviously COVID's right up. Um, Oof, hasn't it for everyone? Apart from Matthew, who is... Uh, yeah, really beautifully in Australia, really. Let's be honest. The thing, the thing is, I, I really, it's, it's so hard to hear this because I really feel like Australia is absolutely not exempt from what's going on in the world now. But I don't think anyone here has any understanding of what people like yourself in business are really going through. I must be honest. I'm very lucky. We've managed to adapt the business and make it work in COVID times. So I can't complain. It's you know, actually been a pleasure to watch how you've adapted the business. It, it's, it's, and it's been a pleasure to be so involved with Flowers again because, you know, I'm, I was the one that was doing all the design. I'm the one that's dealing with the clients, which is a part of the job which I adore. But I really missed being hands-on with, with Flowers and making bouquets again and, you know, touching and feeling and putting the colours and everything together because obviously I was just leaving that for staff to do. And mm. that that's that's been my favourite thing about COVID. You've to, been reconnected with flowers, yeah. haven't you? And I feel very passionate about it again. It's reignited something. And I don't want to let go of my retail trade, which I let go of before, to concentrate on weddings and events. I won't make that mistake again. There you go. Okay, so right. just for just for people like me who maybe like didn't don't know like the full kind of story of your journey, you had a retail shop a or shops that was very very busy, very very mm-hmm. busy. We used to we used to churn out a lot of bouquets every week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we started getting into the bigger events, so I had to take my eye off of that so that I could concentrate more on the big events and mm-hmm. that, and I could never find staff to run the shop how I wanted it to be run. So mm-hmm. the, the retail side of it kind of dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. And then obviously the events got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I wasn't particularly bothered if I'm on it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Corona hit and I was like, we're not going to have any events. What the f- are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I decided. Can I? 
Yes. Can yes. I ask you a le- uh, question? So when, and this is, you know, all cards on the table, when Corona hit, I've got to be honest, I was completely naive. I thought, oh, we'll have three weeks off. I had, time. yeah, I had no idea. Like back then, you know, a year ago, I would never have thought that we would be in the position we're in now, where a year later we're still in lockdown, like weddings and events still can't happen. Did you kind of figure out that really early that, oh my gosh, I'm going to no. need to pivot here? Or did you, was that like a gradual... So kind when, of thing. When Boris announced that he was shutting everything down on the 23rd of um, March, obviously we had mm-hmm. Mother's Day on the 22nd of March, which was great because we thought, right, well, if we can get Mother's Day, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So we decided then to close the shop um, and we put all the staff on, well, it wasn't furlough at that time. We just said, mm-hmm. can't work because we've got to close. Um, so we closed for three weeks and then Mr. Jinder phoned up and said, Amy, we're so busy. We're inundated with funerals. You need to mm. work. So, so can you help us? So, of course, mm. that's, it was at that point, three weeks in, that I thought we need to turn this business on its head because it mm. does go on for a significant amount of time. We need income. Yeah. So we reduced the prices on the website. Um, we've done free local delivery. And we spent a fortune on online advertising just to get our name back out there again locally. Mm, and yeah. it's it's been amazing. Mm. You know, we've had the busiest Christmas, the busiest Valentine's and the busiest Mother's Day in 20, mm. 15 years. Like, I have to be honest with you, I am delighted to hear that. And I'm also not surprised either, because you strike me as someone who kind of takes a challenge head on and is not going to be like, oh, it's a pandemic. That's going to end my business. You're going to be like, it's a pandemic. How can we make this work? You know what I mean? It's so nice also to hear that somebody has spent money to make money because the first thing I did, for instance, in my business, when we went into lockdown March last year, I signed up for a $10,000 radio campaign. Yeah. And people thought, my husband thought I was crazy. And I said, no, this is the time. Now's the time. People are sitting at home. They've still got money. We need to make sure that people feel connected to us in our business. And we need to make sure that we're saying we're still here. We're not going anywhere. But you, Matthew, I mean, you're amazing on social media. You know, you people buy into you because they buy into your personality. And you too, though. You know, I bought into you as well. It's very much the same. And I think it's e- it's easy for you to say that to me, but I think some people, and I, I'm going to put it to you that you're, yourself, you're included in this, that you underestimate how much connection you too would have with your following. Yeah, maybe. I just don't have time to do it. And I should make more time to do it. You know, put my face on there. But my, at the moment, mm. throughout Corona, I can't be bothered to put my face on. <laughs> you look so beautiful. You're glowing right now. You're, oh, you look so fresh-faced. You look so mm-hmm. good. Thank mm-hmm. you, darling. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. You mm-hmm. can come here again and pay me compliments like that. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Tell me if, obviously, you've had to make some pretty big changes to, you know, your business. Um, Obviously, weddings and events have been really impacted and you've had to, like, kick up on retail. Like, can you tell us a little bit about what your wedding and event business was like before COVID and kind of anything you're seeing or any trends you're seeing towards things kind of like getting back on track for weddings and events? So before COVID, it was... It was... We'd done big wedding and events and Mm -hmm. it was very... um, luxury focused uh we mm-hmm. do a lot for the jewish market 
Um, and I'm very, very lucky to to create the kind of things that we create. You know, we've mm. amazing clients and we make friends with our clients. So they trust us implicitly, which is very, very nice. You know, and those people as well that have booked us to do their wedding coming up later this year, early next year, now that they've been moved, they've remained clients all throughout lockdown with our retail stuff. So, again, so good. very lucky there, you know, but that's because I spend time making them friends and and that's mm. really important i think um you know when they book us they get me and that's that's what they that's what they're paying for really um mm. so so that's been you know that's been hard and i've really tried to focus on them and make sure that they get looked after um and then we had a lot of time wasters through covid that wanted mood boards and all of that shit put together for them um and at the beginning I was doing it and then mm. it was just as if I had this kind of light bulb moment and I thought why the f*** are you doing this you're just wasting your time paying for an artist to do all these drawings all of that these these people are not committing to they don't want to spend a deposit money because they don't mm-hmm. think the wedding's going to go ahead so mm-hmm. stop doing it so from now on how what I've been doing is I'm having an initial 30 minute zoom call with people mm-hmm. typing mm-hmm. them out list and chucking them a few pictures in there if we've got anything mm-hmm. on file is remotely like what it is that I'm suggesting that they have then they pay me a deposit if they want to work with me mm-hmm. and then I'll go through the full thing and put a mood board and everything else together and mm-hmm. you know what that's worked because people are parting with the deposits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that really sensible has that changed and how you will now look at it in the future 100% 100% they get 30 mm-hmm. minutes of my time now over Zoom. Even when we come out of all this, I'm not, if, you know, going to hotels, sitting there talking to people and all the rest of it until they put their money where their mouth is. I'm not doing mm-hmm. it anymore. No, I think that's... valuable now. My time's too valuable. And I want to spend mm-hmm. time at home, you know, and I want to I wanna be with my son. And I've missed out on that because before COVID, I was chasing the dream all the time and I was mm-hmm. never here. I was never here. So that that's taught, it's taught me that too. You know, mm. people want to work with me. They know what we can do. My portfolio is big enough. Give me some money and I'm all yours. And that's mm. I think that's really sensible, to be honest with you. Very and I sensible. think I think there are so many wedding and event florists out there that through COVID have had to take like a really hard look at the terms and conditions and their processes and how they do kind of business. Like we do I don't know how if you found this here as well, Joe, with you with you being like UK based, but so many florists are doing things for nothing, just mm. to get a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, with the cost of flowers and everything else, because that's not going to come down yet a while. It's sky high right now. It is sky high. How are they going to deliver on these jobs that they've said that they're going to do for literally nothing? Mm-hmm. We're seeing, well, we had a kind of similar kind of story to you at the beginning of COVID. Everything kind of froze and we didn't do a huge amount of anything, to be honest with you. And then when we realized things were going to go on for a longer time, we started to kind of pivot more into the education side of things with online courses and all of that kind of business. But on the wedding and event side, we had a couple of cancellations, not, I think we had three in total. Um, not a huge amount, not a, certainly not a big percentage of what we do, but it did make me really kind of focus on the terms and conditions as to like what 
do I need, you know, can I tighten these up a little bit? And we are, we made the decision earlier this year that we're going to start to raise our minimum. Like my minimum is probably nowhere near. Well, that's a good question. I don't know if you have a minimum, but I guess our minimums are pretty different. Um, (laughs) And so if we don't have a minimum at all, no way, behave yourself. No, don't have a minimum at all. So if you come to me and you just want a bridal bouquet, more than happy to just do that for you. Um, wow that's madness to me that is mad I totally thought you would have like a I don't know like a 10 grand minimum or something like that no wow crazy okay well we're gonna be on the uh the opposite side of things then we're gonna be raising our minimum we currently have it at two and a half we're gonna be raising it to three and then three and a half over the next couple of months um well over a series of you know six month intervals basically just so we can really start to structure our business more around the clients that we really want to serve and the clients that actually have the budget to to enable us to recreate what's in their heads because that can be such a th- such a problem i think in our industry is so many people can see things on instagram and see things on pinterest they think that's what i want and they just don't realize they're looking at you know a fifteen thousand, a twenty thousand pound yeah. you know thirty thousand pound wedding um and that can be you know a really kind of tricky kind this of bridge is very to universal cross. too like there's i think every mm. florist in every country would face this where someone arrives in a 25 year old toyota corolla and they present you a picture of a Karen Tran wedding and you think, is this a joke? (laughs) (laughs) Flowers are cheap. cheap. You can pick them from your garden. You know, that's the kind of attitude that we have with a lot of clients. Mm. You'll get a lot of time wasters, a lot of time wasters that come to us. And I had one the other day and how we start with our floral journey, if you like, they send us an email. We send them out a wedding flowers guide, which has got how we work as a company and an outline of our starting costs. Anyway, this girl, she wanted an arch and she wanted this and she wanted that and everything else. So I was speaking to her on the phone and I said, may I ask your budget? And she said, yeah, we've got a thousand pounds. And to be honest, she just me off so much. I said to her, <laughs> I said, um, did you even read what I sent you? And she said, well, I, I didn't exactly read it. She said, I just looked at the pictures. I said, so basically, all you've done is just waste my time. <laughs> you actually said that? I said that. I said, basically, all oh, you've girl. done is waste my time. And she said, yeah. well, is it a waste of time? I said, yes, it is. Because our arches start at like £1,700. Plus, mm. you've got a bath and everything else. I said, you should have read what I sent you. Oh, well, I'm really sorry. I, I, I have wasted your time then. I said, yeah, you have. <laughs> I actually hope you said that. Stop and leave me alone. Leave me alone. I wanted to, you know, but it's true. You just, why do that? Yeah, we have the same problem. And like Matthew said, it's definitely like a, a universal thing. So tell me a little bit then about the processes that you've put in place in your business or the terms and conditions that you have in your business to kind of help weed that kind of nonsense out so that you get the right type of clients that you're hoping to service. Like what kind of steps do you have in place? So now that I've changed it around a little bit so that mm-hmm. we do this Zoom call and then I send them over a wish list, I call it a wish list. Um, and then obviously they they've got uh, they pay their deposit. They also at the time of paying their deposit, they also get the terms and conditions through um, to work with us. And on that, it bangs on a lot about intellectual property, which um, mm. you know we, we've we've had the, the self same thing where people copy our ideas and all of that kind of stuff. So that's another reason why now I don't do any design work until I've received that deposit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big thing. And another thing that's 
quite prominent in my terms and conditions is that to every event, I will always take my own photographer. Oh, yes, that's so that's important. That's in mine. It's in mine too. Oh. Wow, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've, we've all been there. A wedding photographer or on a phone or anything like that. But those two things are really key in my terms and conditions. And it's really so true key. because the thing is as well is that a wedding photographer is engaged by the clients and they are not there to shoot your flowers. They are there to shoot mm-hmm. the wedding. So it's important that we're able to bring in our own photographers to shoot the flowers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think all of us have been in that situation where we've been banned before, where like you've created something wonderful and you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to see the pictures. And then like this pile of turns up in your inbox and you're like, oh, Jesus, like what that's a waste total of time. Waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the argument um, you actually have with the wedding photographer on the day with mm-hmm. you took your own photographer, it's quite comical, really. You know, that mm-hmm. you could have had my pictures because obviously they want to be shared all over our social media. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want pictures with people in them. I just want pictures of my flowers. That's all I want. I don't care mm-hmm. about them. All I Keep your guests away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and times out of ten as well, it's really nice if my photographer is there to capture the look on the bride's face when I'm in the room as well, you know, so that that is that connection between me and my client, not, mm-hmm. you know, not, not for anything else, but me and my client, because again, my clients are important to me and I hope that they choose me because they know what I'm going to deliver. Is, is there, what are you, what is your take then on working with wedding planners? So I like working with a few so do you do you have like if somebody (laughs) yeah and i'm the same i'm the same i totally get that if so if somebody comes to you and they say or if put it this way if you have a wedding planner that approaches you that you've never worked with before do you have like a vetting process with them no i wouldn't say i have a vetting process with them but i'm very like marmite you're either gonna love me or loathe me and i'm like mama yeah. no girl but like can i just say yeah. that is what a point of distinction in your mm-hmm. usp because there are so many brands fl- flower brands out there mm-hmm. that are so like they don't have a personality you know what i mean it's so whitewashed it's so boring and i think your your personality is so important to what you do so more power to you. yeah yeah ten thousand percent that's it you, and so so planners i think a lot of planners are actually scared of me <laughs> <laughs> clients to me um at all but you know I work very closely with a select number of clients uh, planners, sorry that have got a, a, an array of clients which they, they're going to feel I'm suitable for or or whatever um so that's that's really good but I mean I like working with planners don't get me wrong you find that um, makes your job easier sometimes yeah. with the right planner <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had that as like a gift no no yeah no <laughs> <laughs> no because they like to put their two pence worth in as well, you know, which I understand because, but I want to have that relationship with the client. And this mm-hmm. is interesting because I say to wedding planners that try and inter, or if we have an interaction with a wedding planner, it's like, okay, first thing we need to understand is who is the client? Is the client the wedding planner or is the client the bridegroom? Yeah. 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 And and that's it. And I mean, we're working on one at the moment, which is very much like the, the planner wants to put in what she wants to see because it's going to look great in her portfolio, which, again, I understand. I get that. But let me speak to the bride because mm. 
I need to get in the bride's head, not yours, so that I can mm. deliver what she wants. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's been hard. That's so do you make that do you make that as part of the process that you must actually have even a Zoom call with the with the couple? Yeah. Yeah. I want to speak to the client. You know, don't send me over a wish list of stuff that you want because I'm not I'm not um I'm really not interested. I want I could, I could never imagine doing a wedding or event and not speaking to a, the client. Mhm. I've never had to do that. So many bra. I mean, I've so many planners send me over mood boards that they've made up, but they want me to price before I even get to speak to the client. And Mm. now again, I won't do it because I want to speak to the client. I I Mm. have to speak to the client. I think it's really important. Is that one of your non-negotiables then? Like in your process, like you absolutely must speak to the client. Yeah, and if that is, like, is there any other non-negotiables that like for no, this to work? Probably be- that's probably the only one. And then some mm-hmm. some people kick off with the photography element, especially as it's like if, if we're working with celebrities or whatever. And I'm like, I won't get pictures of you. All I want is pictures of what we've installed. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. again, again, as the work process goes along you then make friends with this client and then mm-hmm. they want to be in the pictures anyway so mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes a bit tricky at first and I have lost jobs because of it where the photographer mm. is concerned um mm-hmm. but that was that was jobs with planners mm. I think it's as long as you have that honest communication with your client or with the planner beforehand I don't think that's the world's biggest issue but I must admit like earlier like about even now to this day we work with some clients where we don't take pictures simply because maybe the planner has requested it or the client has requested it and that's okay to me so maybe I couldn't learn something from you being a bit more like oh no we're taking a picture otherwise you can go hire somebody else yeah. you know I think just just stand in just stand in your ground a bit more with it. I mean, it look for for me. I see our business is very very visual. Mm. I'm going to get more work off of the jobs that I'm what I'm mm-hmm. doing, mm-hmm. and that's that's important to me. So mm-hmm. few pictures, you know, you can have the pictures, bride, client, celebrity, planner, whoever mm. you are, you can have my pictures, but I will be sharing them first and putting them out all over my social media, and you can have them when I'm done with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when it comes to that then, whether it's wedding and event related or whether it's just everyday business, is there anything on your list that you absolutely won't do? I'll do anything, love. <laughs> She'll do anything for money. <laughs> She'll do it for money. Whatever you want, she's there. Whatever, yes, whatever. <laughs> Send her the check. Send her the check. <laughs> do they still have checks in the UK? No. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> they do that. Yeah. Um, I, do you know, it's funny because all of my delivery vans, my whole fleet of delivery vans have a um, a terminal, like a credit card terminal in the van just in case they ever need to take payment. We are yeah, always no, prepared. Yeah. He's ready. He's ready to take the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, Amy, I have a slightly more personal question for you. Like, I can see, you know, just from our conversation today that you have such a, like, a big personality and it's a big part of what you do. Yeah. And, I like, I mean, that is a compliment because, like, I have a big personality. I don't always show it. And I, I know Matthew does too. So, I, I don't mean that in yeah, any way, like, it. any detrimental way at all, you know? Um, so, with that in mind, like, my impression as someone who is based in Manchester, like a lot of the London florists are 
up their own ass. Yeah. They don't seem they to are. show their personality in the same way. <laughs> it's all you're going to milk out on me today. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, have you found that to be like a real benefit to your business? Or have you found that like, have you come up against like, I don't want to say like, um, I don't want to say like classism in a way, but have you found that sometimes there's been like some situations where you've had to deal with, you know, some negativity that you haven't always anticipated? Every day. Really, girl? Yeah. And look, hmm. my mum... I thought so. I thought so. Got to have, you know, you've, you've, you've got to just take it on the chin, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is hard to take it on the chin. But my mm-hmm. work speaks for itself. So mm-hmm. that's it. You know, if mm-hmm. they don't like me, they're gonna like they're gonna fucking really hate me come the end of the year with all these. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well they're talking about me. They ain't talking about anyone else, are they? No, and you know what? What we have right here for all our listeners listening, which at the minute is probably like Matthew's mom and my mom and maybe yeah. your husband. <laughs> but when it launches, we'll hopefully have listeners. Um, you've got three working class girls, you know what I mean, on this phone yeah. call who have really taken a talent and taken a drive and their personality and made something of it. Um, and I think that can that's so admirable to me because like not all of us are have super wealthy parents or you know live yeah. in you know the most amazing postcodes we've all achieved what we've achieved with what we had in front of us you know our two hands and a little blood bit of grit yeah blood sweat yeah. Definitely. yeah absolutely it's important to, for people to understand as well that like even if you know and you look at you hear celebrity stories too when they say oh, i was dirt poor i came from nothing and i wanted to make it it's it seems so unachievable sometimes but it's so true. If you really want something, it is achievable. And mm. I think there's that that point where you go, okay, maybe I'm just flogging a dead horse here. And there's some things that you go, okay, let's put that to bed. That That's not ever going to work. But it makes you refocus on what parts are working. And it goes back to like when you said about the business, you had – you had almost forgotten about the retail side of your business because you were so focused on weddings. And now you've gone, I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's it. You know, and mm. I think it just, it just opens your mind up to, to, to just diversifying and adapting to different situations and, mm. and always saying yes. And then, you know, no matter what it is, walking away afterwards and thinking, right, okay, how are we going to do that? i never ever can say no to nothing so would that be your best bit of advice to give you know someone who's just starting out in the industry would you say exactly the same to them yeah never that's that's amazing because you never know what opportunity is going to come off of that job that event that whatever Mm. it is who's going to be there Mm. who's going to see it um you know maybe no one might look at it and think it looks nice i don't know but my 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 biggest words of advice is yeah, just always say yes, and there's no such word as calm. Mm. I love that. I love that. That's so good. Me too. I was thinking, you know, is there, you know, this industry that we're in, we can sometimes it can sometimes seem quite insular. You know, like we are all well connected to each other, and as much as we like to say, oh, we stay on our own path and we don't listen to white noise, I think that's. I think at some point we all do look at what other people are doing and we we get a sense of insecurity, which is in fact what steers us on to back onto our own path. Is there anything within this industry that you would change if you had the power to? 
Um, I would probably or anyone's businesses you would close. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> I would probably actually make people be nicer to each other because I think like pre-COVID, we, I was invited to a lot of functions and you know e- evenings where there was a lot of industry people there. And when we first started out, people wouldn't speak to me because. I didn't have this massive portfolio. You know, they kind of like looked at me like I was, you know, the, the odd one out in the room kind of thing. And then as we started to get busier and busier and busier, everyone would kind of like flock around you, like flies around you where they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I think what would be nicer was if everybody was consistently nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's never going to happen as long as you've got old insurance. It's never going to happen. Mm. But it would be nice if people were nice to each other all the time. I yeah. think that should be the tagline for this episode. <laughs> it's never going to happen as long as you got an owl in your I don't smoke, but saying that sentence makes me want to have a cigarette. Yeah, at the same time, like, just it's a very dark moment. I am proper jealous of Matthew Landers because he's had two while this has been on. And yeah, I'm, you I'm can sorry. smoke, girl. I'm sorry. You can smoke. This is I an am... explicit... So no, that it's, in my house and I'm not allowed to smoke in it. It's oh. so funny though that you say about that because I wholeheartedly agree. When someone feels threatened by you, they don't want anything to do with you. The second that they feel insecure and they're not as good as you, they want everything to do with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found it like sorry. Let's yeah, be friends. I found friends. Like, oh, yeah, yeah it's it's hard to find I think it takes time to find like a genuine kind of circle within like your area or within your industry like I don't think that kind of happens overnight like when I started up in Manchester up in like my studio was in Liverpool but I live in Manchester and we do weirdly we do most of our work in Cheshire you know it's all like within half an hour of each other and um when we started out like I've been in the industry for years like awards medals all that kind of caper and when I started out my own I found it was like it was quite frosty because like a lot of the established people who I thought we would be like chatty with or even people that I had been chatty with like at wholesalers or like at industry events suddenly became a bit colder and a bit more defensive maybe and I wasn't prepared for that but it just takes time and I think like as you and Matthew have said if you focus on your own game and kind of running your own race like you'll get there in the end you know and everyone else exactly and then you'll be staring down at them going they are take that It's so true. It's so true. And, and and I had to, it took me, I reckon, probably until I was about 30 to really be able to actually look myself in the eye and truly believe and understand that when someone is nasty to you or they say something bad about you or whatever, it actually only speaks about them, not about what you're mm-hmm. doing. That's easy to say, though, because sometimes those words really hurt, don't they? You know, Bloody oath they hurt. And the reality is all three of us sitting here chatting today, we all have eponymous brand names. It's us. It's our face. It's our name and our reputation. So if someone mm-hmm. says something about your baby, which is your business, it you're bloody hurts. It yeah, you're yeah. going to take it personally. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to kind of use that in the right kind of way, either brush it off and ignore it or use it as fuel for the fire. Do you know what I mean? To be like, oh, you you did that to me? When, what can I when do that When it happens like that, I must be honest, it just motivates me to be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, again, that's my mum talking. Well, look, she says, you know, you just... <laughs> You know, you rise above it. You're better than that. You'll, you, you know, you'll, you'll make it better. And, and she's mm-hmm. right. 
I can yeah. imagine your mother to be a woman who's probably in her 60s or 70s that there's actually no official side. Of- no. She was 17. <laughs> oh, well, okay. All right, all right. Well, I thought, well, okay, you're about my age, so she's probably 60-ish. But... Um, <laughs> She, there's actually no official sighting of her without like a really long red fingernail. <laughs> Has she always got a full set of really long red acrylic nails? No. no. <laughs> She's got pink ones on today. Pink, pink today. I just, yeah. It's like statements like that that you hear from mothers. It's just like you imagine these big, clawy fingernail hands like pointing at you, telling you, being like, now you listen here, love. Oh, mm. bless her art. Yeah, she is a <laughs> confidant lover. <laughs> no, it's important to be able to do that, though, I think, to take those moments which are, like, frankly, a bit shitty and a bit rubbish and kind of not let them break you down and be like, okay, that's fine. If that's what you think, so be it. I'm going to use that to go forward and to compete or to win something or to, you know, to get another great job, you know, in whatever way, you know, you kind of want that to be. I have a couple of kind of sh- little shorter kind of questions for you. And they are a little bit more along the lines of like what we've talked about with the wedding and event industry. Mm-hmm. So you said that your advice, if someone was like brand new starting out in the industry would be like, don't say no. Like if someone is a more established like wedding or event designer, do you have any kind of key advice that you would give to them? Or like, or one great tip that you have in your business that you you don't mind sharing with us today? Always stand your ground. Oh. You know, at the end of the day, you need to be pleased with what it is that you're making, that you're creating. And if you're not, then you need to have a tongue in your head to say, look, this is going to look better and always stand your ground on that. I've been f***ed over lots of times by not standing my ground and Mm -hmm. I won't do anything unless I know that it's going to be right. What was the breaking point for you to actually decide that? Was there a specific moment in time that you went, I'm not taking this anymore, this is now my rule? Yeah, um, we had a wedding um, and the grooms the bride's mum was wonderful she was the night one of the nicest mums we've ever worked with she was lovely did she have red fingernails she didn't have red fingernails no she didn't (laughs) no she didn't um but the groom's mum was awful and she made me feel like absolute she really did and I was dreading doing this job and I lost money out of this job because I wanted it to be so amazing just to teach her a lesson. And (laughs) to be honest, that was probably the reason why she done and said the things that she said. Um, I won't go into too much detail on that because um, I could probably get done with what with what she said to me. But she really did make me feel like it was after that wedding. Did she threaten you? She didn't. In a roundabout way, yes. Yeah. The passive aggressive threats. Yeah, and God, that's awful. Yeah, it was, it was awful. It was awful. Um, and you know, I kept questioning myself: Were we good enough to do it? Um, would I be able? Would we be able to actually do this job? And you're f- Amy Bowen. Of course, you're going to be able to do it. She, it was, it was fucking bad. What, what she said. And um, the day after the wedding, I was in a black cab. And the wedding was awesome. It was insane. And I was in a black cab and I was just coming past Buckingham Palace, going to another meeting. And my phone rang and it was her name that come up on the phone. And my heart just sank. And I thought, she's going to phone me up and she's going to moan about something. And I was a pussy and I didn't answer the phone. Right. And that's how much of the, the fear this woman put in me. 
Anyway, I gave myself a strict talking to in the back of this taxi and I phoned her back and I went, oh, hi, whatever your name is. Really sorry, I was on the other line. I said, "Um, how are you? And she went, Amy Bone. She said, you are the best thing, she said, that happened at my son's wedding yesterday. Absolutely. She said, fucking incredible. I cannot thank you enough. And it was, uh, and I was, I was so shell shocked that she'd phoned me and said this, you know, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, You could have knocked me over with a feather that she'd said what she said. And it was after that point when I was on my way back home after having other meetings in town that I thought to myself, never again is anyone ever going to make me feel like that. And I'm only going to do what I that I want to do at these events. Mm-hmm. We need that though. We need those moments to teach us and go, that didn't bring me joy. I wasn't happy. What am I doing it for? Yeah. Yeah. Life is too short to go through things like that, but they are, they are pivotal moments when they happen that it does really kind of help you form your path ahead. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that was terrible. That happened. That will never happen again because I'm going to do this differently or that differently. That's it. That's, that's a terrible thing to hear, but I mean, I'm glad that you were able to use it in a really constructive way. Yeah. Moving forward now, it's, it's never ever going to happen again because I'll never let anybody speak to me like that. Because I'll give a Amen to that. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. All right. So if 2020 has been the year of pivots and a year of, oh my God, what a fucking nightmare. What do you hope 2021 holds for Amy Boneflowers? Oh my God. 2021. Um, well, hopefully we're going to be able to travel. I've got the most amazing wedding booked in California in September. <gasps> oh, very nice. I can't wait to go and do that. So I'm working on designs for that at the moment. Um, so that's that's incredible. You know, me and a team that's going to go out there and do that. We've got some stunning, stunning, stunning jobs that are booked up for later on in the year, which um, which I'm really excited about because they really are beautiful, wonderful clients. Everything about these jobs that we've got coming up is just dreamy. So I I really can't wait to just really get stuck back in. And um, we're planning Fantasia too. So that's incredible as well. So we're really looking forward to that. Well, tell us a little bit about Fantasia. We haven't mentioned it yet. I mean, obviously, I think me and Matthew know about it. But Mm. let's tell my mom and Matthew's mom all about this. (laughs) Fantasia was my um, Fantasia was our three day floral masterclass, which was uh, last March at the Four Seasons in Park Lane, and um, it was just magical. You know, months and months and months of planning and crazy ideas, and working with some of the most amazingly talented people in the weddings and events industry. Going, oh, I didn't get I didn't get a call. Did you, Matthew? <laughs> I, I was busy. Oh. Sorry, yeah. I was, no. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, wow. You know, they were, it, it was good fun, and we, we managed to um, we managed to create something that was absolutely awesome. And I'm very very proud of it. That's the proudest moment of my whole career. Um, the images looked incredible. Oh, it was insane. So we're, we're in the process now of planning Fantasia 2, um, which hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, will take place at the Four Seasons again in Park Lane next March. So oh, amazing. It's going to be incredible. And already there's an in- insane team that's involved. So, yeah. Well, I can say that if I'm allowed to travel, I will come. 
Well, I'm going to keep you to that. And you, Joe, you can you can get off on the train, love, and come down. To yeah, London. I'm no stranger to London. I'm no, I'm there. I'm in London most months, but I usually I have a fabricator based um, just uh, in Greenwich, so I usually just kind of hop in and out straight there. To be honest with you, but definitely that would be like a, a good party. Newcom is a great party. We don't get yeah, out of the, get out of the penthouse suite until about six o'clock the next morning. <laughs> all right where can they find out more about fantasia if people are interested in hearing more about it uh, so at the moment there's a form that they can fill out on the website and um then we will be sending over a, an email with exclusive offers for people that want to book early and all of that once we get the date confirmed how wonderful exciting. breath for the date at the moment i keep pushing the hotel come on just give me the date say yes give me the date and obviously oh. COVID, it's like uh, we don't know yet yeah but well fingers crossed it'll all happen and all tick off i mean oh. it seems like we're getting there you know hopefully by the end of the year we'll be in a good yeah. place it'll all be fine it'll all be fine just positive mental thinking hopefully absolutely and hopefully it's adding bed love Oh, God, don't. You know what? That is all. The 12th of April it opens. I can't wait. <laughs> I thought of you. I thought of you. I saw it on the news that, you know, hairdressers and tanning beds. And I thought, you know what? I know the first bitch is going to be down the tanning bed. It's oh, going to be yeah. Amy Bone. Yeah. Nine o'clock in the morning. That and my carrot oil. I am there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's been a long winter, so I think you deserve it. Dive on in, girl. Dive on in. Exactly. (laughs) Amy, that was fantastic. Well, thank you, guys. You really uplifted me today. That's lovely. Thank you. I could sit here and chat to you all day. I absolutely, absolutely adore you, and I can't wait to be back in the UK. I can't mm. wait, you know, I really, really can't. And we'll have to do dinner and go out and have some champers and, you know, bubbles. Lovely. Let's just do it. Amen to that. Before we sign off, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd really want to mention? Only the fact that I think you two are great. You know, I think that your work is outstanding and uh, I, I do. I think it's lovely. It's all Let's about you it. today, baby. Yeah, well, look, I'm just putting it out there. It, 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 I'm very, very touched that you asked me to um, to do this. So thank you very much. Oh, yeah, and you know what? No other option. Just, can we just say, like, the reason why we, like, we've got, we're speaking to Bart Hassam last week, and he's a, you know, very different character as well. But we wanted you because of your personality mm-hmm. and because you're brilliant at what you do, not just because, like, oh, we want to speak to like a London flower. Like, that wasn't the plan. It was like, who is great at what they do at the top of their game, mm-hmm. but who also has like a real brand and is like a, a real person. And so, oh, yeah, well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so lovely of you. You're stars. Thank, thank you no for worries. taking the time out of your day we appreciate it really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it Thank you so much for joining us today, guys, for this episode of Flowers After Hours. We have had an absolute hoot doing it, and I hope it's been doing it for you. It's been a hooty toot. Make sure you click subscribe down below and that you leave us a rating and review. That would mean the absolute world to us, and you do not want to miss an episode of Flowers After Hours. Help us on our way to becoming the next Floral Kardashians, and we'll see you on the next one. Yay!